0: Time of the week. It's Doggy
1: Pod Time. Hello everyone. Welcome back to the Doggy Pod and I'm Dr. Rob Zamet with
0: producer Stephen Peters. And in this week's episode, we're going to talk about the pads on your dog's feet. What are they? How do they work? And and can they actually wear them out? Also, do dogs get epilepsy? I'll tell you all about that shortly. And Dr. Rob is going to tell us all about the most expensive dog breed
1: in the world. Some people would say it sits in my backyard and I've spent a fortune on that dog. Well, I think a lot of people would say that who know you, Rob. Yes, what is the most expensive breed? Buy
0: And we have a celebrity dog this week we'll talk about. Now, uh, this little dog is called Oscar and he's a Maltese Yorkie and he's owned by one of the most famous singers in the world. I know I've said that before. A singer who started out super cute as a teenage pop idol and ended up completely covered in tats, but I think he's still an idol. Um, We'll tell you who that is and all about uh, the Maltese Yorkie shortly. And in Dr Rob's top five this week... He's going to tell us the top five breeds for affection. One of the most top five (laughs) affectionate dog breeds in the world. Some dogs can be quite standoffish, while others, they just can't, you know, they they just love to lick us from head to toe. Dr. Rob's going to give us the top five most affectionate dogs. That's all coming soon, uh, later in the show. But let's uh, talk briefly about what happened in the clinic this week, Rob.
1: Um, oh, look, I had a really big win with a dog. I was really happy. He came in. What at the greyhounds? You mean? No, no, no it wasn't racing. It wasn't greyhound. that kind of win. Okay. No, this dog came in a couple of months ago, Stephen. It's a Chow Chow. And what's a Chow Chow? A Chow Chow is a Chinese breed, very old Chinese breed. Mm-hmm. They are very, very hairy little dogs, and they have black tongues, known for their real blue or black tongues. They come in various colours, solid colours like reds or blacks and blues but they used to be a guard dog and a fighting dog in China but now they're just great pets. How how big are they? Oh, they go say a bit border collie size, that's other size but they're very, not a long dog, they're robust, real, built like a little tank. Hmm. Gorgeous little dogs. But um, they do get some problems. One of the problems they get and other breeds get it as well is a thing called entropion. It's where the eye lids roll in towards the eyeball. Entropion, now this dog came in because it had this weeping eyes. and had weeping eyes more or less since they've got this dog and it's been getting worse and worse. We saw it for the first time a couple of months ago. I had a look at it and I could see the eyelids, the top eyelid and the bottom eyelids of both eyes, We're rolling in so the hair is touching your... Imagine your hair Mm. touching your eye all the time. Touching the eyeball. Instead of just one hair in your eye, and that's irritating enough, this is Mm. irritating all the time, can lead to severe ulceration of that clear part of your eye called the cornea, which untreated eventually could send you blind. So we had to do something about it. With entropion, we usually do a special surgery where you cut the skin and take away some skin and pull it down uh, away from the eye, so you roll the eyelids back. But because he's so young, you don't know how much to take away. As he grows and the head expands, things will change. Well, that's quite a tiny area. It sounds oh, incredibly
0: difficult. To it do. was.
1: So what we did with this little dog, we knocked him out, and we did what's called tacking, where we we take um, part of a, a suture and put it near the eyelid itself, near near the eyeball, and then pull it downwards on the bottom lid and suture it down further down the face onto oh, yeah. his cheek. We do three or four of those on each lower lid. Do the same on the top lids and uh, event. and so what you're doing is you're forcing the eyelids away from the eyeball and the dog can see. And straight away he went home, he could see, he wasn't discharging, he was happy. Really I bet he was happy. He would see sunshine. where he was going. We took those sutures out because you can't leave them in forever. Hmm. Uh, it's now you know, two months down the track. We've been monitoring him every week. We took the sutures out and the eyelids have stayed that way. They haven't rolled back in. We're hoping to avo- avoid the major surgery of entropion later on. We don't know if that'll work or not, but as his head's expanding, uh, the eyelids have, have worked very well the way we've pulled them down. And so it was a big win. This poor dog no longer suffering from entropion.
0: So the eyelids are kind of graft their way into his, his yeah, head Yeah,
1: back into where they should be by being pulled down. Yeah. And we, we do little, a little nick on the very, what's called the lateral canthus where the top lid meets the bottom lid right at the side. We do a little nick there to loosen it, mm-hmm. pull it all down, pull it all up the top and they've settled down into a nice uh, proper eyelids that aren't irritating the eyeball anymore.
0: Good on you. What was his
1: name, are you allowed to say? Uh, tank. Seriously. <laughs> and he's built like it. He's built like a tank. He really is. Good on you, Tank.
0: Okay, let's talk about feet. Not our feet, but our dog's feet and in particular... The pads on the bottom of their feet—very, yeah,
1: very, very important structure, Stephen. Those pads, really well, important. I know that dogs. You know, wow. I remember you telling me this in a previous episode that dogs sweat through their yeah pads through their feet. and through guess their what? Feet. So do we. Really, we okay. have more sweat glands in our feet than we do under our arms. Oh, well, that answers a few questions yes. about people with smelly feet, Dinky feet. <laughs>
0: but uh, with a dog, they yep. have—you know—obviously have pads on their feet because they walk barefoot all the time. Yep. Um, you know, tell us a bit about them and can they actually wear them out?
1: Oh, boy, can they wear them out? Or can yeah. they cut
0: them and, and the like? Certainly
1: they can cut it. That's a given. It's just tissue that can be cut on anything sharp. But also mm-hmm. if they're running on um, a concrete surface or a hard surface and stop fast, they can wear a big piece of pad out. Now, what is the pad? It's referred to as keratinized tissue, if you like hardened tissue, really hard tissue, a bit like your nails it is keratinized. Tissue. Your hair is keratinized tissue. The pads are keratinized. Is as well. it sensitive
0: to them? Um, Can they feel through it? Like if you just, tickle our feet, we'll, we, you know, we laugh because yeah. even though the bottom oh, of yeah, our feet are quite sensitive, they've
1: got nerves there. They have oh. to because if they damage it, you know, it looks like something's going to damage it. They, they move. Now, if it's too hot, if you're walking on a hot road, move them off. And the pads are vitally important. It's like trying to walk on the road without soles. If you damage your your pads of your feet. They are literally the soles of their shoes, if you like. That's you know, nice. And you want thick, spongy pads. You don't want them too hard, because that will damage. they'll crack all the time. They've got to be supple enough, but they've got to be thick and and stop the dog from feeling all the bad things, the the heat and the rocks and everything else, so he can walk on. So how do you get hard pads? Especially if the dog has a problem. Um, if the dog's cut itself, it's no you stitching it because it's keratinized. You can't stitch your nail, for example, when you cut right. that. You yeah. can't stitch your hair together and you can't stitch the pad together. You can bring it together and hold it closed. Sometimes we'll put uh, dressings on it while it's healing, if it's very, very bad. But generally they have to keratinize. They have to go hard again. And one of the best ways it stings, it does sting, but it gets it harder faster is just methylated spirits or... Um, any of the alcohol, any of the surgical spirits, that will harden the area very fast. That will help harden it. The dog it. won't be happy it, about no, that, No, it stings, but it stings less each time. You mm. put it on three or four times a day. As you're putting it on each day, it stings less and less and less because you're hardening the tissues quickly for the dog. But how do you know if your dog <clears throat> needs that? Have a look. If the pads are pink, your, your dog's in trouble and you need to do something okay. about it. Yeah, okay. if the pads are very pink, uh, they're usually softer. And the other thing to do is feed them some um, hair and nail tonic helps, believe it or not. It really helps with toughening pads. <laughs> gelatin. Because yeah, if people eat a lot of gelatin end up growing nails very fast, put some gelatin um, crystals in your dog's food and it'll help its nails but it also helps its pads. And when it gets really um, bad, talk to the vet because they have some stronger things that you can put on to strengthen the pads even faster. You no, know, I saw a
0: dog in the park the other day, uh, a little dog. I think it was uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not quite sure what it was, but it had uh, little booties on. Oh, yeah. Little sort yeah. of look like rubber booties. What's, what's the story there?
1: It oh, could be a couple of things for that. One, it may have damaged its feet somewhere and has bad pads. It may have walked on a surface where it's burnt or its feet. Caustic things can do it, of course. Right. People being over-enthusiastic with disinfectants even or bleachers can do it. Or it could be that the dog gets dermatitis of the feet. And so the grass it walks on uh, is usually the cause of the dermatitis. So how do you stop any allergy? Remove the allergen. Putting boots on may have removed the contact between the feet and the grass and so the dog doesn't get an allergy.
0: So it's not uncommon then? Oh,
1: allergies in their feet are very, very common. A lot of people say, oh, my dog's always licking at its feet when it comes home from the walk. Yeah, well, walk it on a different surface and you'll see it. But... For dogs that do lick their feet a lot when they come home, means usually it's an allergy thing, I do get them to wipe it clean with um, surgical spirits or methylated spirits. Wipe the feet clean. Dogs don't like the smell of it, so they won't go licking it. It evaporates quickly, so they won't go drinking it, mm. and it gets rid of the allergen.
0: I'm surprised uh, dogs don't get more things caught in their feet. You know, when you think of all of the fur there and the gaps between the pads and everything.
1: Yeah, there is fur there to protect. And they can get grass seeds in there and bits of stick, but they they tend not to. The a correct foot is very the pads should be firm and tight together, so things aren't prodding up there. It is amazing, isn't it, how they just don't get rocks caught up there. Yeah, that's and, what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah, but they don't. So should
0: we um, get into into the habit of checking our dog's feet?
1: And yeah, pads? if you've got long coated dogs, you should really check all there all the time because they often get matted hair in between the toes and that should be definitely, your groomer should be taking that matted hair away. Matted hair between the toes will cause a lot of lameness and problems and dermatitis and infections. So no matted hair between the toes and always have a quick check of your dog. Yeah, when you're lying there on the lounge and the dogs beside you, lying with you, surely you allow your dog to do that now and then. <laughs> That's a good time to just check the pads. OK, let's uh,
0: just briefly talk about something that I didn't know dogs could get, but apparently they can, uh, and um, Dr. Rob will tell us all about it, and that's uh, epile- epilepsy, if I can pronounce it properly. Epilepsy, so c- dogs can get epilepsy.
1: Oh, yeah, there's um, two two reasons they can get epilepsy. The most common is hereditary, just heritable because they've picked up the genes that of epilepsy, just like people do.
0: So they can have a, a an epileptic... Fit just like a, a human cat. Yep.
1: And in fact, in a breed called the Logotto Romagnolo, it's an Italian truffle dog. They go hunting truffles. Mm, the Italian be, truffle dog. They're yes. using them in Tasmania and Canberra for hunting truffles. Now, truffles oh, yeah, truffles per kilo are more expensive than mm. gold. Yes, yes. So they they are being trained for that. This the Logotto has a DNA test for epilepsy. Right. So they can when they're breeding it, they can check to see if it has the gene. If it does, you avoid breeding those dogs. And is that it,
0: because it's common in that breed?
1: Yeah, it was common in the breed and someone found the mutation, the DNA mutation that causes that. Now epilepsy, it, like in humans, there are many forms of it. When they have a seizure, they can have the full grand mal seizure where the dog's thrashing on the ground and they will urinate very often and defecate because they're putting a lot of motor output and the dog doesn't know where he is and salivating them in. Yeah, you know, comes out of it okay, hopefully. Um, they can go into status epilepticus where they don't come out. They keep on seizuring and you've got to get to the vet even while your dog's seizuring. But they're the grand male seizures. There are petite male seizures, in other words, not as big as that, not as grandiose, thankfully, as that. Mm. And some of these can be even as weird as tail-chasing behaviour. Dogs that just chase the tail, chase the tail, chase the tail, never stop, that's a form often of epilepsy. And there are other types of, you know, in between all of those things, things that can happen. How do we treat it? Yes, there are just like people. And in fact, I will use a lot of the human anti-epileptic tablets for, for treatment of dogs. There are specific ones that you can use for dogs as well, uh, but it's up to your veterinarian to decide. The most difficult task is how do you diagnose it? Because there's no test for it. You can't go to the vet and say, oh, I think my dog's epileptic. Can you do a test? Mm. No, you can't. It's, an epi- it's a diagnosis of exclusion. So the dog's had seizures. First thing we do is let's find out is he seizing because he's toxic for some reason so that your vet will do a blood screen. Your vet may do x-rays as well. They will check his heart because is a, epilepsy or seizures rather can come from your heart playing up and, and right, lack of blood okay. supply of the brain can bring on a seizure. So they'll check the heart. They check everything out first and when you can't find anything, well, it's epilepsy. That's all we've got left. Mm. And we'll, Then you also do what's called a therapy trial. We'll see what response we get to, to treatment. The ideal drug for epilepsy causes no side effects and stops all seizures. And you know what that drug is? Right. Hasn't been invented. Yes. Okay. So, so it's not what, right. What you hope to do is decrease the number of seizures, decrease the intensity of the seizures and minimise side effects and that's up to your vet to decide how you go about that. Talk to your veterinarian, there's lots of things to do. But nearly all the drugs do affect the dog's liver and so I like to put them on St Mary's thistle, would you believe? It's just a herbal thing but it mm. really helps with liver toxicity. And so they're on daily doses of St. Mary's Thistle along with their um, epileptic, ep, anti-epileptic <laughs> medication. There you go, folks. It is a mouthful. But it would be terrifying, I would oh, think, awful, to watch awful. your dog have a fit and not know what was going on. Oh, well, the first time it happens it is because, you know, poisons can do it, things like snail bait. Uh, snake bites can do it, brown snake bites. There's lots of other reasons mm. your dog could seizure. And, of course, there's things like brain tumours in old dogs. They can bring on a seizure. Lots of reasons why a dog could seizure, and it is very frightening. The other thing we do once we establish a dog is an epileptic, we load some syringes with diazepam, which is Valium, and when the dog's having a seizure, they can in. Put, squirt the diazepam up their bottoms. Sounds terrible, oh, okay. but it stops the seizures nearly straight so away. So during, the seizure, during how, the seizure, how can
0: you do that while your dogs while no, a dogs having a seizure?
1: You're at the other end. You're not going to get bitten. Right, so okay. lift the tail up. They put the syringe in, squirt it in. Um, I teach them how to do it, and vets will do that all Stop the time. straight away. It stops the seizure straight away, and uh, then they can get back to the vet clinic if they need to, or decide what they're going to do with the vet. So there you go. Don't freak out necessarily if your dog has a Uh, a Epilepsy is something you live with just like people live with it. People have good, epileptic people have good, steady jobs. They play sports. They do all the things that uh, anyone can do. It's just a matter of controlling it and being aware of it and people around you will always be there to help should something happen. Mm -hmm.
0: All right, have you ever wondered what's the most expensive dog breed in the world? I have, you know. uh, You see some astronomic uh, prices going for some dog breeds, particularly uh, French bulldogs and the like and (laughs) those sorts of of breeds. But is there one breed that generally is considered the most expensive breed you
1: could ever buy? I guess, you know, there have been some big figures for dogs, for, in, for individual dogs. Individual dogs. One Chinese industrialist bought a Tibetan mastiff for $1 million US. There was a greyhound uh, many years ago, he's passed on now, Brett Lee. He was an Australian greyhound, obviously with that name. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they virtually rejected the million dollar offer on him. Australia. As a breeding As a, dog. A, because I guess he was a breeding dog and he. Did so well, his progeny did well. So, mm. yeah, there have been individual dogs. Without, wow. Uh, re- and you do see that even nowadays, people will pay um, German Shepherds in Germany. A lot of the people from China and Japan will go over there and spend half a million dollars or half a yeah, I think there was a, a figure of uh, 250 euro. 250,000 euro for a German Shepherd. Shepherd. So you get these individual dogs. But generally speaking, across the board for puppies, Mm. at the moment the the one that's demanding or commanding the most money is the French Bulldogs. and It is. The the weird thing about that is like a a pedigree French Bulldog that you could take out and show, probably about $5,000. However, people are doing these weird crosses... And calling them pedigree French bulldogs anyway, and giving colours that you couldn't show, like the blue, the blue, yeah. and charging. They're saying the rare blue ones are ten thousand dollars. Why I don't know. Okay. And then there's the rarer long coated French bulldog, and people are charging fifteen, 000, twenty thousand dollars for a puppy. And like, if that's what you want, if it turns out, you know, yeah. whatever rows your boat. They're a, they're the a stream. cute dog. There's yeah, no, no doubt there you about go. It. Oh, they're gorgeous nature dogs. Just, I think they're in our affectionate dog breeds, but um, yeah. Oh, okay. But there you go. We'll talk about that a bit later Jumping on. Jumping yeah, ahead of ourselves. I think yeah. they're probably at the moment because of popularity. And that's the thing that waxes and wanes is popularity of different breeds. And that worries me because when a breed becomes very popular, uh, at the end of the day, when people think, oh, fed up with that, hmm. they, there are a lot of unwanted animals of that breed. It happened with Dalmatians years ago with the movie 101 Dalmatians. There were many collies running around years ago because of Lassie. And wow. Didn't everybody want Rin Tin Tin in their house? Mm. So it goes on. The popularity of a breed does wax and wane. Uh, when they're not wanted, that's what worries me, then what happens to all these dogs? Yeah. So generally speaking, though, the French Bulldog I think is... It's about the most expensive breed across the board as puppies at the moment.
0: Okay, this week we're going to briefly talk. We have a celebrity dog this week. Yes, we haven't had one of these for a while. But uh, if you can find a picture of this particular celebrity dog on, um, on, on the net, on Google, yeah, Google it, and uh, it's a very cute little dog. Anyway, his name is Oscar and he's a Maltese Yorkie, <laughs> uh, which is
1: unusual but… Uh, very unusual breed because it doesn't exist, but it's a cross between the Maltese. Some people call them Maltese Terriers and I keep saying they're not actually Terriers, they're just called Maltese, they're the white dogs. Oh, so you don't call it a Maltese Terrier? No, it's not a Maltese Terrier, it's just a Maltese, it Maltese However, the Yorkshire Terrier is a Yorkshire Terrier.
0: Well, well this celebrity dog, Oscar, is owned by uh, none other than um, Justin Bieber and his partner, uh, Haley Baldwin. Hmm. Now, they've had this dog for a little while and, yeah, Oscar is as cute as all get out. But – um what, I mean, if you had to cross Maltese and Yorkie, what, mm. what would it be like? What what sort of dog? Well,
1: in, in, uh, it can be anything. Once you start crossing genes, mm. you know, genetics knows no boundaries. They can do all sorts of weird and wonderful things. But Justin Bieber's little dog, Oscar, uh, looks very much like he's taken uh, on the English side of the channel in Yorkshire, where Yorkshire's started, the Yorkshire Terrier. He looks more like a Yorkshire Terrier than the European side, Maltese mm. in Malta. It's as cute um, as
0: all get out It's very Oscar.
1: cute. So he's got, he's a little fawn coloured, you know, tan coloured dog with a gorgeous little black nose and big, beautiful eyes. You've got, I've got to tell you, he's really cute. And he looks a lot like a Yorkshire in that way. Yorkshire terriers have these erect ears, Maltese have uh, ears of the floppy. And he's got erect ears, just like um, a, a Yorkshire. Often has so he looks more like a a little and snazzy little dog. He's just just gorgeous. You should actually yeah go to the web and have a look. Look up Oscar Bieber and you'll find (laughs) hit images. You'll find a little photo of him. Very cute.
0: Okay, it's time now for Doctor Rob's top five this week. And I think he let one of the breeds out a minute ago. Sort of. But that is um, the top five breeds for affection. What dog breeds exhibit
1: more affection? than any other. And how I've done this, Stephen, yeah. I think every dog should exhibit a lot of affection well, they usually to its do. owner. Yeah, If it doesn't, there's something wrong with the dog. Yeah, or, or the owner. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> some dogs you think, yeah, but what dogs exhibit affection to uh, strangers and what dogs especially exhibit affection to the veterinarian? When Are they happy to come in and say hello to me? I mean, some dogs... They're licking me and I know they're just tasting ready to have a go. <laughs> there right, are certain okay. breeds that are not so affectionate. But, um,
0: but I guess we're after the top five breeds that want to curl up in a little ball on your lap, yeah. watching TV and will give you a little lick on the face uh, when you're looking a bit down and will be really monitoring your, your moods and be there when you need them, need them the most. So coming in at number five unusual, is... Unusual,
1: the Boxer. Uh-huh. I've only ever had one boxer that wanted to eat me. <laughs> All the others are beautiful dogs. that just are so affectionate. Boxers are very loving dogs and, you know, they look rough and tough and everything and they are good guard dogs but only when they need to be. I think they discriminate and they know when someone's nice and I've never had a boxer that I would say doesn't want to come up and say hello to me or to any other stranger and I'm stranger than anyone. So number five is the Boxer coming in at number four. Two cousins, the Old English Sheepdog and the Bearded Collie. And uh, they are very, very loving dogs and they want to – they don't want to sit on your lap. They want to sit inside you. They'll hop on the lounge and push their way almost inside your body. I think they are just very affectionate. They can't get enough of you. Coming no.
0: in at number three
1: is the, the bulldogs. English, French, and the pugs are in there as well because I had to put them in. Pugs are very. You lovely. love your pug, oh? He loves me and he loves everybody. He just there's very. I've never found a pug that doesn't love everybody. They no. do love people. So English bulldogs, French bulldogs, pugs, gorgeous dogs. Coming in at number two, the Labrador and his long-haired cousin, the Golden Retriever. They you know, very they love their dog, love their owners of course, but they also love everyone that gives them a moment's notice to say hello. Oh, they're up and about. You know, give them a little bit of food, and you, every Labrador will love you for, to death forever. But they are very loving dogs.
0: Labrador and Golden Retriever. Mm. So that
1: just leaves one other
0: breed coming in at number one, the most affectionate breed yes, in the universe. Folks,
1: and- Remember, Stephen. only lets me say one breed, so I'm going to say the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel and the Cocker Spaniel and the Pekingese.
0: (laughs) You do it to me every time. So that's actually three breeds. Three breeds,
1: but they are just so So what what were they again? Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, the Cocker Spaniel, and the Pekingese will sit there and just want. Pekingese? Pekingese are the only breed that have been bred to sit in people's laps. They're bred for that. That's all they were bred for. Sit in my lap and just... I'm happy. And you put the pig in your lap, yep, it'll be happy. So there you go. Cavaliers, of course, we all know them. They just love everybody. And Cocker Spaniels with those eyes, they look at you and, hello, how are you? And they have a, a bustling tail, Cocker Spaniels, that just whacks around saying hello to you. So they are the breeds,
0: for all you people out there that love a good cuddle, they're the dogs to get. Anyway, that's it for our show this week. Uh, We appreciate you listening. We hope you've learned something and enjoyed a bit of listening to us bang on for a little while. We will see you again
1: next week on The Doggy Pod. And for me, folks, the only reason dogs are ever naughty is because they've been taught the correct behaviour by humans, but for me they only have one fault. They tear my heart out because their lives are too short. Yeah, true.